Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at charis.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, thank you for the privilege to hear your word. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. You sent your word and healed them of all their diseases. The man said, only speak your word and my servant shall be made whole. Your word is a word of power, word of healing. It's light, it's food, it's water, and it's everything to us. Speak your word clearly to us and let us encounter you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our faith is a reasonable faith. Did you hear what I said? Why do you go to church? Because mama said I should go to church. It's not good enough. Why do you go to church? Why do you read your Bible? Because my parents have always been reading the Bible since I was born. And so what? All right. Um, There are certain religious books that cannot stand scrutiny. Because it's, it's faulty. The claim is God's word, but it's unreasonable. There are too many rough things inside. The Bible has been brought under scrutiny by the most erudite of intellectuals and still can't find fault. All right, but we'll go into that in a minute. The scriptures say that in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, For God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has, has he said, say, has he said? Has he said? Has he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken? Say, has he spoken? Has he spoken? And shall he not make it good? So God, what he does is what he has said. So he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, he says that you have seen well for I hasten my word or I watch over my word for I am ready to perform my word. What God does is his word, not our wishes. So if you don't have God's word, you are are not guaranteed of anything from God. Everything he does is based on his word. He says that for God is not a man that he should lie. Once he says it, so the point is that what has God said? Because if you find out what he has said, then you can take it to the bank. And the Bible makes us to understand in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Quite an interesting text. It talks about how he said, um, For this reason, we also thank God without season. Because when you received the word of God, when you received what? The word of God. When you received what? The word of God. Right. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, isn't it interesting that the word of God was received from some people? Yeah. Even though they were not God, they, they were agents of the word. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcome it, not as the word of men, even though we men told you, but as 
it is in truth the word of God, which also also effectively works in you who believe. You see, it's very interesting. The word works. Very important. The word works. The word changes lives. The word word changes nations. The word changes families. The word changes communities. The word changes destinies. And the word changes our lives. So he says that when you receive the word of God from us, you did not receive it as a word from men. Even though we spoke it to you, we declared it to you, or we brought it to you, even though God used the agency of humanity or men, you knew you received it as God's word, which is effectually working in you. The word works. For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Someone shout, the word works. works. Shout, the word works. If you can live your life based on God's word, I like the way Jesus put it. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, that was. He said, anyone who listens to my words and puts them into action is like the one who builds his house on a rock. The, the rains come, the winds blow, blow upon the house vehemently, beat up. The Bible used the word. The, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it. <laughs> Things that shake people can shake you. Things that shake people can shake you when your life is built on God's word. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says money flies. So if you build your life just around finances, you are in trouble. You are doomed. So he says that um, if you pay... The one who builds, he hears my words and put them into action. It's like the one, a man who builds his house on the rock. All right. Dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. There's some work involved. Digging deep, laying foundation. That is when when you're obeying God's word and putting God's word into action. Don't worry those who are mocking you. As they mock you, what happens? God is making you. All right. Because that means you are digging deep. So let them look at you funny. You are digging deep. You are digging deep. And you are laying your foundation. Sister, brother, dig deep and lay the, your marital foundation on, your, on the word. Sister, any man at all, that, so many men are showing up, but you know that this is not compatible with my, the, what the word of God tells me. And so when you, whilst, the way, whilst you are focusing on the word, or people are trying to use all kinds of shit, dodgy ways to, for you to make money, and they are suggesting you can make money this way, you can do this, you can change figures, and because of God's word you have, you are focusing on God's word, and it looks like things are delaying. No, things are not delaying. You are digging deep. Yeah. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. How deep you dig and build your foundation determines how high you can build. So don't rush in life. Be busy digging to digging deep. So he said, that deep, laid the foundation. No wonder the streams beat upon the house. One day the streams are coming. They'll beat upon your financial life. Beat upon your health. Beat upon your career. Beat upon your, your marriage. Beat upon your family. Beat upon your world. When the streams come, how you dug deep and built on God's word is what will determine whether you stand or you fall. Troubles come to everybody in life. Then Jesus went on to say that, but anyone who listens to my word like we are all doing now and does not put them into action is not digging deep. He's a foolish man. Jesus says that, but 
he who had and, and did nothing is like a man who builds his house on the earth without foundation against which the stream beat vehemently. It didn't take long. Immediately, it didn't stand. So, for you to survive the harsh terrain of life, what you need is not contact. What you need is not the favor of people. It's all those things are good. People can favor you, but if you don't have God's word, in the day of trouble, in the day of atrocity, in the day of evil, you will not be able to stand. Say the word works. Say say it louder. Shout it louder. So he says that anyone who listens to my words and put them into action is like the one who builds it. Because the word of God, where he says the word of God is, I like this Bible says that the word of God is, is, is um, sharper than any two-edged sword. It says it's living. God's word lives. All right? God's word lives. The word of God is living. The word of God, the uh, Bible says that the word of God is alive. It's, it's living and it's alive. The word of God is powerful. Okay? Bible says that the word of God is powerful. The word of God is incorruptible. Incorruptible. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. It's not corruptible. It's, it's incorruptible. So once you have God's word, you know that your life is stable. Once the word of God, your life is built on God's word, you can, you can laugh about tomorrow. You know you are sorted. Yeah. Tell someone, get yourself sorted. Build it on God's word. Every, every area of your life which you want to survive, build it on God's word. All right. So, the word of God is sharper, is quicker, is stronger. Now, as I said earlier, God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said? So, once we know he has said, he has said it, we can bank on it. But the, 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 a bigger issue is that what has he said? How do you know he said it? Where is he speaking? That's why we are pointing to the scriptures. All right. So the scriptures are the word of God. Now, when we say the scriptures, there are different terminologies that the Bible itself, the Bible itself, uses for God's word. Sometimes it says God's word, like Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve, said the word of God is powerful, is sharper, quicker than any tool. Sometimes it's even the word, the, the word of the Lord or the word of God. Okay, see the the word for the word of God. Let's say say the word of God. Sometimes it is it is also called in scriptures, that same word is sometimes even called the word. Sometimes it's called the word. Other times it's called the word of the Lord. All right. Other times it's, it's, it's called the word of Christ. Other times it's called the word of life. Other times it's called the word of truth. All referring to the same. The word. Someone say the word. The word. So sometimes when you hear someone say the word, I, uh, the, the word, what it means is God's word. God's holy word. Amen. Now, secondly, it's also called in scriptures, it's also referred to as scriptures. 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 So in first, second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all scripture, all scripture, all scripture, all scripture. In, in, in second Peter chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about the prophecy of scripture. All right. In John chapter 10, verse 35, Jesus says the scriptures cannot be broken. In John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus says that you said the scriptures, thinking that in them you have eternal life and they are pointing to me, but you will come to me. Say the scriptures. Say the scriptures. All right. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 
15 as well, holy scriptures. Praise the Lord. So the scriptures are very important. The Bible refers to God's word as scriptures. So God's word is referred to as the, the word of God. All right. Or God's word, the same thing. It's referred to as scriptures. Other times it's also referred to as the oracles of God. The oracles of God. What's an oracle? Oracle is a speaking place, a place where you hear. You hear. So when it says the oracles of God, it's talking about a place where you hear God's word. So sometimes the Bible is referred, the word of God is also referred, or the Bible is also referred, the oracles of God. Like Romans chapter 3 verse 2, I think so. Yeah, Romans chapter 3 verse 2 makes um, references that much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. The oracles of God was, was committed to the Jews, the Israelites. All right, so it was committed to them when you're talking about the oracles of God. God's word, God's speaking. I think in First Peter, I suppose, chapter 4, verse 10 or 11, it also talks about if anyone speaks, let him speak as of the oracles of God. Say the oracles of God. So it's called the scriptures, it's called the word of God, it's called the scriptures, it's also called the oracles of God. And in some places, too, um, number four, the Old Testament, or the Old and the New Testament. All right. So sometimes it's referred to as the Old and the New Testament. Somebody is blessed. Someone is blessed. But why are we saying that this is God's word? The Bible. Say the Bible. Bible. Shout it louder. Shout it again. The The term Bible will not be found in the Bible. It's not found in the Bible. The word Bible is not in the Bible. Um, Bible is uh, it's, it's a word that was coined or derived from the original Greek, which is Biblos. Biblos. And Biblos in Greek means book. All right. In Greek, it means book. So, uh, Biblos, in, in Greek times, when they were talking, when they say Biblos, they're not the Bible per se, they're just book. This is the book. <laughs> The most widely read book ever, widely printed ever, translated in more, more languages ever. It's unbeatable. Later we'll go further into this in subsequent days. But I want you to know that the word Bible is, stems from the Greek word Biblos. And because the New Testament was translated from Greek, right, they, they just, as time went on, they just called it uh, Biblos. Originally, it was actually written on papyrus. I don't want to go into all, all that. So, um, that's where the word comes from. But why is it God's word? This is actually a library. It's more a library than a book. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. This is more a library. It's a library that has a specific number of books. Right, specific, you can add or you can reduce specific number of books, which are 66 books. 66 books in this library, and about 40 human authors or human agents. But the main author is God. But why do you say the Bible is God's word? Because you can get some other books too. There are other books which people may also claim is God's word. That's the exercise we want to do in a few minutes. Number one, um, the Bible is God's word because it says it's God's word. 
The Bible said it. It said it's God's word. So, if, you, if someone goes to court to go and give evidence or whatever, the person, what the person, it doesn't matter what your lawyer is saying. What you say overrules what your lawyer is saying. So, your own evidence, your own evidence is more important than what your lawyers or your uh, um, barrister may say. So, the Bible itself is saying that I'm the word of God. <laughs> is that what he said? The Bible said I'm the word of God. Now, those of you who have studied um, in universities and stuff like that or written theses and you know, the, the value of or the credibility of a person's essay or thesis or research work has a lot to do with the references. Can you go, and let's say you are, you are submitting a thesis, you are submitting some thesis, and you go and make reference from comic books. <laughs> reference from, or reference from the newspapers. It really doesn't. You make references from who? Authorities. So if you are, if you are talking about, um, maybe you're, you're, you're talking about physics, and you, you quote Einstein, am I right? Yeah. Or uh, Newton. You quote Newton, then they know you are talking. Yeah. But you are talking on physics, and you are going to quote Obama. Obama is not an authority in that regard. And so the authority you, re- but even interestingly, when you are writing thesis and you are submitting an academic paper, they listen to your argument, they, they, they check the argument, they check the points you make, and you, you have to back the point you make by your references. Why the references? Because the references are the authorities in this area. Credible authorities. Not anybody at all. Somebody who is in the, uh, in the world of academia is accepted that this is an, a, a credible, authentic authority in this field. And so once you begin to cite them and make references to them, it gives weight to what you are submitting. But we, we also understand that there are times where you may have authorities, maybe you are submitting a paper on philosophy and you quote Aristotle. And then you quote Plato. You may quote Aristotle and then quote Plato, but you know that even though Aristotle is an authority, there's something he says which contradicts or conflicts with what Plato says. So when it comes to what they are saying, in the field of academia, they have to accept to take it like that because both of them are authorities. And then one one school of thought believes this, another school of thought believes this. So there may be one thing, but different school of thoughts. And both of them are authorities. Now, when you are saying something, you must have an authority backing what you are saying. Okay. And in life, everything rises and falls on the authority. So even when Jesus went into the temple and he was clearing the place, they asked him, by what authority are you doing this? When you stand on the road and you lift up your hand to stop a car, you must make sure that you are doing it with the authority of the metropolitan police. When there is a hostage situation, before the special forces break into it, they, they always take instructions. Now, in life, authority matters. The same way, God's word is the final authority on every subject it handles. God's word. And so, you, can, you can't go wrong building your life on God's word. You cannot go wrong saying that for God's sake. Because when God says it, it settles it in the 
book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Truth is eternal. Truth is unchanging. Truth is um, true, actually, truth is discriminatory. Truth discriminates against anything that is contrary to the truth. Truth is not personal. Truth is truth. What do I mean? The fact that you are saying is true for you, and someone is also saying is true for them. Um, what? Okay. What color of tie is this? Blue. Someone said, no, I mean, this is not blue. This is purple. Does it change the truth of the color? Maybe your, okay, maybe your blue is not really true. His purple is not really true. But the truth of the fact is whatever the color is, stays true. So it's not subjective. Truth is not subjective. It's not subjective to your whims. Someone say, okay, it's relative. You think that the car is coming my way. I also believe the car is going there. Stand there, we'll find out very soon. <laughs> truth is truth. This whole fallacy about truth is relativity. It's, it's all rubbish. And that, the way they will escape from... See, because if you accept that God's word is God's word, and you will be brought under judgment based on God's word, you have to align yourself to it. So the easiest way someone says, no, 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 I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Because they are running away from facts. The reason why we believe the scriptures, as I said earlier on, is not because someone says you should believe it. But Christian belief, Christian belief is a reasonable belief. It's a logical belief. We don't believe something that, okay, don't you? Maybe I'll talk about that later. Some of the religious books, if you attempt to scrutinize it, the followers will rise up to fight you. You don't, you don't challenge it. Just take it like that. You don't question it. Whether it makes sense or not, just take it like that. This book has been written over two, almost 2,000 years now. I mean, the Old Testament is far, far, far backdated. The Old Testament, I think, is about um, um, 1,400 years before Jesus. So if you add the Old Testament from the beginning, the earliest record of the Old Testament until now, you are talking about 3,400 years, and still it doesn't need an update. That should make you clap for the Lord. I can't wait for us to go deeper into this. But so the word of God is authority. It has authority. By which or whose authority are you saying these things? By the authority of God's word. And then number two, the word of God, this is very important. I want you to write this down because you must know this. When we talk about something being God's word, when we talk about the Bible being God's word, you are talking about its authority. You are talking about its inspiration. The inspir- how did you get the word? How did you get this? It's inspired. That's where I'm going. Say inspired. inspired. Say inspiration. Inspiration. Hallelujah. So God's word is inspired because it's authoritative. It has authority. Why are you saying it has authority? Because it's inspired. It didn't just come because someone wanted to write it or someone wanted to put some things together. It came because God himself inspired its writing. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20 and 20 when? 
Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Let's all say holy men of God. God. These are not politicians. They are holy men of God. They are not doing it for what they will get. So he said, remember, the ones who wrote these things and spoke, they were holy. First of all, they are holy. And they didn't do it because they are holy. It's very important. Because holy people can write things, can, can bring things, can write things, design things, but it doesn't make it from God. Uh, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's just like um, those days when they didn't have, I think, engines, steam engines. Is it steam engine? For the ships, for the ship, you know, yeah. on the high seas. It just moves by the sail and the wind. So they had to turn the sail in the direction of the wind to help to move the whole, the entire ship. So the ship doesn't move by itself. It moves because of the wind. The wind is what is that? It's just like uh, is it energy? Whatever the wind energy, the turbine. Yeah, it just turns because of the. They don't turn by themselves. It's just the wind direction. In the same way, the men, holy men of God, didn't just get up, decide to write something, but they were moved. They were moved by God, by the Holy Spirit. And they started writing. But I want you to know, interestingly, when they were moved, it wasn't like the way some of you were thinking. They were there and said, woke up. <laughs> no! No, no, no! Someone shall know! The beauty of God's word. That's what I want you to understand. But before we go, I, I explain further about the, the mode of inspiration. May I submit to you, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, scripture that almost all of us are familiar with and we like. Ah, this morning is learning time. <laughs> okay. I know some of you can see. You can, let's all read it together. If you can read your, from your Bible or you can preach on the screen. Let's read it together. Let's go. All scriptures. Pause, pause. Let's say it again. First two words. First two words. Let's go. One more time. All Louder. All scripture. All right. Now let's read everything together. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is given. How many parts of it? All. All, every part of scripture is given by how? By what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's given by the inspiration. Shout inspiration. Inspiration. Inspiration of God. May I submit to you, this is not an inspiring book. No, it's inspiring. No, it's inspired. Two different things altogether. It's not just inspiring. It's actually inspired. Now, when we talk about inspired, it should have actually, the right word should have been expire, which I've said it a few times here, expire, because the Greek word translated inspiration of God is theonupsis, okay, theos, God, uh, nupsis is um, spirit, all right, pneuma, pneuma, spirit, Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit is uh, hagios pneuma, so nupsis, so, so it's given by the 
breath of God. That's the actual right word. What was tra- translated inspiration is God breath. So some translations use the word all scripture is God breath. How many of you have that translation that you use? Yeah. All scripture is God. Is it NIV? Uh, I know NIV and the American Standard Version also and some of them. God breathed. So God breathed it out. All scriptures. All, say all. All scriptures like. But God didn't breathe the words here. He breathed it. How did he breathe? The mode of inspiration is very important. It's very important. You see, that's where some Christians who lack, they are simpletons. They lack understanding, make a mistake, say, oh, all these things are not necessary. Doctrine is not necessary. One, if you tell me you believe, one doctrine you tell me, if you tell me this is what I, I believe in this thing, just that one doctrine can also tell me about 20 other doctrines you believe. It's very interesting because truth is, is interwoven. Truth is not isolated. So you believe one truth, it connects to oh, so many other truths. Yeah. That's why if you go to the mental hospital or something, they ask you one question. When you are not well and after, after surgery, okay, maybe after general anesthesia, you are coming around, they ask you a few questions. Uh, before you even enter into induced sleep or something, when they, they anesthetize or general anesthesia, when they do it, they are asking you, they are chatting with you. But by the time you realize, uh, when, you are, when you are sedated, the answers you give, tell them. What level are you? <laughs> and, and so, in the same way, one truth, tell me where you stand. Just one truth you will say. One understanding of doctrine tells me where you stand. So don't tell me, okay, God, however inspired it, it's, it's true. It's true to an extent. But because our faith is a reasonable faith, we must have the reasons. We must have some sensibility behind what we, because it's full of sense. Yeah. There's so much sense in scripture. Listen, listen. Do you know what's happening? Science is busily trying to catch up with scripture. At the moment, you know, the more excavations they do, the, uh, the more archaeological discoveries they do, they are finding out that it is, the Bible has said it already. It's true. It's true. There's nothing new they found that defies what God. I can't wait to go to inerrancy of the scriptures. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God. We are not talking about just that. It's first of all the breath of God. Remember, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Bible says that, and God breathed into man. And man became a living soul. Don't underestimate the breath of the power of God's breath. God breathed into man. And man, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And man became a living soul. In Acts chapter 17, verse 25. Put Acts chapter 17, verse 25. It also says something similar. Acts chapter 17, verse 25 shows that no, he is worshipped with the hands of men as though he needs anything. Since he gives to all life, breath, and all things, he gives breath. He gives breath. Bible talks about in Job, Job chapter 32, verse 8. It said, there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. The breath of God. Bible said, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, at John chapter, chapter 20, the Bible said, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. There's something about the breath of God. And when you read throughout the scriptures, listen, when you read the Bible, when you read throughout the scriptures, everywhere, there are about 2,000 references in the Old Testament, the Lord, which says, that saith the Lord. That saith the Lord. They didn't 
claim that they are saying it. They say they kept saying, God said it. God said it. God said it. God said it. Because they were moved by the Holy Spirit. All that, that they said, they said God said it. About 2,000 references alone in the Old Testament that says God said it. In, in the New Testament, Paul said, I give to you that which was given to me from above. First Corinthians chapter 11. He said, I'm giving to you. What I'm giving to you is not from me. I'm just passing on to you. So now, the mode of inspiration. Some people think that they were, okay, they one day they woke up. I think as the, the, natural, the natural theory of inspiration is someone is just so good. Like, maybe Aristotle, you know, some genius. He wrote things and they're so good, okay, let's make it go. <laughs> Wait. No. No. So it's not because someone is so good they wrote it. The first theory of inspiration is the dictation theory. Like, God came to somebody, and then the person said, write this. And he started writing. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. That he led it. That he led it. No, 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 no. That's not how God did it. So the dictation theory is wrong. And then the, the partial inspiration, where people believe that. Partial inspiration theory, where people believe that. Um, they, they were writing some things, but God was influencing them. So most of it, sometimes they lost their reasoning. God took over their reasoning at times, and then they write. So, and then some also by the partial, actually the partial inspiration means that not everything is inspired, but some things. You know how Jesus put it, sir. Jesus said, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word. Luke chapter 4, verse 4. Every. Say every. Every. What, what's the meaning of every? Every. Oh, every. But every word, every word of God, every. So the whole thing is inspired. Do you know how Jesus puts it? Ah, I like this one. In, in, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. Listen to how he puts it. Jesus said, Very assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will not do you know what jot is? The jot or tittle. Can, can you imagine? The, 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 smallest, the smallest letter, the smallest letter, it says that, that that is valid in God's way. Even to, down to the comma. Down to the, the, you see, there is a difference in a lowercase. The only difference between lowercase l and lowercase t is just that cross, that bar. And Jesus said that not even one little will fall away. Everything to the, even the dots in God's word is valid. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Take it raw and live on it. And your future is secured in the name of Jesus. All scripture. So, that, oh, part of it is inspired. Or it's just when you read it, sometimes it gets you inspired. So some genius wrote some things and people felt that, no, this is a good one. So let's make it God. The devil is a liar. And God wrote it uh, without violating. Listen to this. I can't wait. Next week I'll continue on inspiration. Without violating, violating the will, the personalities, the feelings of the, the agents through whom he wrote so they were writing, some of them, you can tell, they're expressing their feelings. They're expressing their emotions. They're expressing personal things. And they were writing personal things. And yet, see, because God has always loved 
to work with man. So he didn't hijack man. And he didn't do it alone. He did it with man. And man didn't take control. He was in control even though man looked like he was. Like the way you came to church this morning. Do you think you are in control? Yeah, you may think that, oh, I just brought myself to that. You didn't decide. You did, you did not decide. Yeah, I, did, but I chose by, No, you didn't choose by your own side. Yeah, you, you thought you do, but God brought you. God brought you this morning. God woke you up this morning. You can't, you can't say I woke myself up. You can't. You can't say I woke myself up. Even some of us, the alarm doesn't work. The alarm, the alarm is doesn't working for you. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. So you understand what I'm saying? All scripture is given by the inspiration, the breath of God. So let me end on this. When you go to the scripture and you start reading, you are not just feeding your mind. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by everywhere. Because when you go, you are, you are taking life. You are breathing in. You are inhaling. Guess what? You are inhaling the direct breath of God. So when God is breathing into your nose, and you also... When you wake up, before you go to work, make sure you read something. Before you hit the highway, before you go to get into town, where things begin to fight you, you have to dig deep, dig deep, dig deep into God's word and begin to assimilate into your system. Let it digest into your system. And when you go out, out in town, you are walking. People are crying, you are laughing. When they expect you to be worried, you are excited. And they don't understand it, but they don't know that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty. Give them understanding. As you walk, you walk like somebody who is walking with God. When people are worried, you are not worried. Sometimes they are worried for you, but you are not worried. You are worried for them because you know in whom you have believed. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that whatever I have committed to him, he is able to keep me. In the name of Jesus, God is able, God is faithful. His word is powerful. His word is secure. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken? Shall he not make it good? God's word is sure. God's word is sure. He said, and God visited Sarah as he has spoken. Genesis 21.1. And God did unto Sarah just as he has said. If God said it, yes. Romans 3, he said, let God be true. Every man be a liar. Shout, God is true. That's why you should read your Bible. The, the Satan doesn't like it. Satan doesn't like it when every time he came to Jesus, Jesus said it is written, then he backs off. He can't stand God's word. Jesus said it's written, then he backs off. You can't overcome temptation just by yourself or by your good words or by your rhetorics. It doesn't work. What you need is the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. He says that he who has begun a good work shall perform it. 
shall perform it. The doctors tell you that there's nothing you can do about this, and you tell, you tell them that, don't worry, I know someone who is doing something about it, who has done something about it already. For by his stripes, I, will, I am healed. For his, by his stripes, I was healed. For by his stripes, I was healed. For by his stripes, I was healed. And I believe God's word. I believe God's word is true. God's word is powerful. The man told Jesus, only speak your word, and my servant shall be made whole. You don't need to come to my house. Just speak your word. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you, when you wake up in the morning, first thing, go to the word. Don't rush to cereal. Don't rush to go and have some cereal. Don't rush to go and have some tea. Get some word in your system. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. He said in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. For the word of God is powerful, is active, is living, and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divider of the soul and the spirit of the bones and the marrow in the name of Jesus. For all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, profitable for instruction, profitable for reproof, profitable for correction in righteousness, that the man of God will be thoroughly furnished, well equipped unto every good work. The word of God is there to equip you. The word of God is there to empower you. Seek God, seek God's word. It goes well. It goes well. It goes well. And there's no way your life can be the same. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Then we beheld the glory of the word as the glory of the living God. Shout the word is true. Shout your word is truth. Shout your word is truth. Lift up your hands and bless his name for your own soul. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Please sit down a minute. Quickly sit down, bow your head. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is true. And someone shouted, living amen. Amen. Did you receive something this morning? Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.